the Nashville Daily Podcast. I am your co-host, Stuart Deming, and today's episode is brought to you by ExploreTours.com. If you want to learn about the history of Nashville, come take a walking tour with us. This is a two-hour-long walking tour that takes place in downtown Nashville. It starts at the Tennessee State Capitol, and we go downhill which is awesome, so you don't have to go uphill, which is great unless you park uphill. Then you have to go uphill. But if you're uh, if you're just taking an Uber into downtown, we're going to be going downhill the entire time. You can use the code ND10 to take 10% off the Nashville History Walking Tour at ExploreTours.com. We're talking about a few interesting things today. Uh, Aaron, we're going to be talking about how Nashville ranks number two on I was confused by this. It's C-Vents. I thought it was E-Vents, but I don't know what C-Vents is. What does C uh, stand for? Conference, conference events, I guess we'll look that maybe. Up. Uh, and then uh, we're also going to talk about how uh, the Chicago company picked Charlotte over Nashville. And then we're going to get into the topic of is Nashville losing its branding of Music City? So we have a lot to get to. Uh, both of the articles today are coming from the Nashville Business Journal. All right, so let's start with this uh, the the C events <laughs> the C events stuff because uh, I was like uh, I was reading the link. I'm like, isn't that supposed to say events? But I guess events is a company. I don't know. No. So according to the National Business Journal, National ranks number two on Stevens' latest top meetings destination list. Uh, this is uh, Nashville is uh, according to Stevens one of the best meeting destinations according to uh, meeting destinations in North America according to a new report. So this is including this would include Toronto. This would include Vancouver, mm-hmm. uh, the and, and Quebec, yeah, and all of those places. Uh, we are in the number two spot on their top ten, only behind Orlando, Florida. Seavents uh, is a meetings, event, and hospitality technology provider. Uh, they started publishing the list. Uh, oh no, uh, they started publishing this a long time ago. But back in 2019, Nashville was number six. Uh, a quote from their news release, these top list uh, highlights hotels, venues and destinations that have embraced technology to engage planners, uh, enhance their sales and marketing efforts and deliver incredible results. After four long years, we're excited to share these insights once again uh, and provide a resource. To the, so they did a 2019 list. They haven't done one since. 2023 was their next one. Uh, but uh, they said after four long years, we're excited to share those insights once again and provide a resource that is used by event organizers to find great hotels and destinations and by hospitality professionals looking to set themselves apart to increase their group business revenue. Uh, conventions, here's a little stat from the Business Journal. Conventions are a significant part of national tourism industry, roughly Anybody want to take a guess in the audience before we say it? 40%. I, I, I don't know if I would have guessed a number that high. I would have gone above 30. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially because I, I, I feel like I'm a little bit downtown more than you are or have been the last few yeah. months. Yeah. Um, so you just, see a, you just see a sea of people with uh, with their, na- their, their the name neck, tags, the name tags on their yeah. whatever that thing is. <laughs> um, and then even last Saturday, it was... Like, I know Taylor Swift was extremely busy, and that was a rare weekend. Yeah. But the Country Music Hall of Fame did a pop-up, free pop-up in the museum. Yep. The line for this pop-up was longer than the Taylor Swift line. For the the, the Taylor Swift exhibit? Yes. Wow. Uh, It went, do you know where Hatch Show Print is? Yeah. That's where, so it went from the entrance of the museum to Hatch Show Print. Dang. It was insane. 
Um, but there was a huge conference next door. So th- th- it's just, it makes sense. Uh, so the Music City Center alone hosted 150 events with 300,000 attendees in the 2022 fiscal year. That's Jeez. not including stuff at Omni Hotel. The Hyatt, no. Uh, the Grand Hyatt. Gaylord. The Gaylord. All of these other places that have convention space. Uh, amounting to 357,550 room nights and more than 382 million in direct economic impact. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's wild. Um, top 10 meeting destinations in North America, Orlando. Uh, I like how they Nashville doesn't get like every other one of them has a state. That's with it. Nashville, Nashville. Nashville doesn't have to. <laughs> San that's, Diego. How, that's, how, that's how good we are. Uh, San Diego, Las Vegas, Chicago, Atlanta, Dallas, Austin, Phoenix, slash Scottsdale and Denver. Um, so but, what's what, what's interesting is we it, and there's other lists that talk about events and in and, and the rankings. Yeah, it's always between Orlando, Nashville, San Diego or Chicago. And I understand why Chicago is going down very significantly. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's, it's always interesting to see who is going to top that list from the different companies tracking this stuff. So there's a little more information on hotels. Nashville, uh, there is a Nashville hotel that claimed the top spot on this list on Cvent's uh, top 10 meeting hotels. It was the Grand Hyatt, the, mm-hmm. the, the one of Nashville's newer hotels in the Nashville yards area. They clinched the number one spot, the Omni Nashville number two. So we have the number one and number two in North America and the, the Renaissance. Oh, ev- that's right. Ever since they did their renovation, mm-hmm. they've been fantastic. Cause we've been in it once or twice. Uh, th- so they're at number nine before the renovation. They probably wouldn't have even made the, the list top 15 uh, or yeah, maybe not even close. Yeah. Um, but Renaissance hotel is at number Nine. It's a good thing they probably conducted the survey before the uh, the the parking lot at the the library collapsed, or oh, yeah, or, yeah, um, yeah. or is is in uh, not collapsed, but is in bad structural. Yeah, but, it's, uh, it could collapse. Damage right now. Yeah. Uh, so Nashville's tourism industry is supposed to have another record year in 2023, with hotel demand expected to be up 10 percent year over year, which 10% might get us to uh, number one instead of number two. Yeah. Uh, With 15 million visitors and $9.3 billion in visitor spending, according to data provided by the Nashville convention and visitors corp. All right. So that's a, what what, what did we bring in? 7.6 or 8.1 billion uh, last year. 9.3 is that's an increase. I feel like we need to have a little card with all of these numbers that we need to reference like a little, yeah, little note card. Well, we have we have a topic this week that we're going to talk deeper about the tourism numbers of Nashville. So uh, that that is an episode coming this week. All right. So something uh, very interesting and something that we don't see often here in Nashville. Uh, there is a an employer who is looking to make a, essentially a second HQ at the end of 2023 based in Chicago. They had a choice between uh, Charlotte in North Carolina um, or Nashville, Tennessee. Um, let's see what happened here. Chicago based ethos workshop architects. Um, they plan to make Charlotte their second home by the end of 2023. And they chose North Carolina over Tennessee. Uh, ethos was founded in 2021. They're a full service design and planning firm that serves commercial retail, hospitality, healthcare, and community clients nationwide. 
it seems like Nashville would be a fantastic fit because for of all the hospitals. that service. Yeah. Um, the firm currently has seven employees across hybrid offices. Seven? Only seven? Okay. Chicago, Indianapolis. I'm not even going to read that. Um, uh, Almond says, the time has come to launch a new brick-and-mortar branch in the Queen City. Um so they have a pipeline essentially from Chicago down to Florida, according to the firm's president. Uh, seems like Nashville would still be a good choice for that unless you want to be more along the coastline. Um, we have already uh, have clients active in Charlotte. That makes it a perfect uh, perfect hub for us. I, I, I would have ventured to guess, you know, maybe it's our, maybe their need, and they came down to Nashville and said, oh, everything that we offer is already taken down here in Nashville, and maybe Charlotte doesn't exactly have that yet because they're booming after Nashville. Um, but the, uh, the firm's president said that Nashville was also in the running, but Charlotte won out because of its accessibility and potential for continued growth. What do you call um, the East Bank? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so this is, this is interesting. I, so after reading this, I don't know if I, I really see that it is Nashville uh, doesn't have the potential growth. My guess is is what I said earlier. Um, everything that they are probably offering is already offered here in Nashville in a larger capacity. And maybe what they offer, Charlotte really hasn't seen a whole lot of yet. And so they're taking advantage of that and they find the potential for a lot more new clients in the, the Charlotte and the coastal area. In those cities that saw the big pandemic boom of residents that Nashville was already getting and Nashville is already offering those services. And so maybe they have a better chance at those other southern cities yeah it's it's interesting that they're having this second headquarters i understand businesses do this all the time uh but for, they only have like it says it later in the article uh they have a staff of about 12 people so so <laughs> it's when you have bigger companies moving here left and right which is happening and they're moving to charlotte too don't get me wrong like charlotte thriving as well as nashville it's just it's an interesting concept interesting thing charlotte's a little bit closer to the mountains than nashville is uh which is nice and it's closer to Asheville. uh nashville's beautiful yeah so yeah. yeah i don't even i mean whatever i don't i don't, I don't even know if this was worth an article or not i i, I don't think it was <laughs> let's let's talk about some local eats uh last night aaron and i had the opportunity to go to a restaurant preview at a micro one one restaurant opening and one restaurant preview. Yes, um, that gets confusing in the language. <laughs> uh, but it's at a place that has a few micro kitchens, and this is called the Wash in East Nashville. It's its first of its kind. It was an old car wash converted to these micro kitchens, and then there's also a cocktail bar uh, in Bay Six. That's what it's called. And uh, we had uh, is it Suiza? Um, yeah. So Suiza. Uh, they are open yep. now. So we attended their opening last night. Um, and Suiza is a slang term in California for quesadillas. street quesadillas. Yep. Um, and so it's spelled a little bit differently in California. It's a little bit easier for us to pronounce here with this new spelling of Suiza, S-W-E-E-Z-A. Um, and it is owned and, and operated uh, and started by the same... Uh, hospitality group in the same couple that started, um, uh, help me out. Eastside Bon Me. Eastside Bon Me. Eastside Fuss. So that's yeah. called You Are Here Hospitality. Yep. 
And uh, this is, it's great. It's like, it's street quesadillas, and they're massive. Um, they're probably the size of my forearm, it feels like. That's how, like, long in length they were. Yeah. I had the Don Juan, and <laughs> it was. That was that's like a double the size oh, of, dude, of their regular was, monster quesadillas. It was, it was a, like, double steak, French fries, guacamole, wrapped in this case. It was amazing. It was You're going to so see tasteful. that. Go to our Instagram at xplr.nash. There's the shirt right there. Um, and you'll be able to, to see it uh, probably later today on there because it looked really, really good. It was really good. Um, I got the... It may, it may put some other places in for uh, for the running. Yeah. Um, I got the Ensalada Especial. Uh, it, it's just a really good salad. The size was fantastic. Um, a lot of options for what to put in there as far as... Uh, I, I got pork, slow-roasted pork. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. You could get almost just about every protein that you that you wanted inside of there. Um, and it was just really good. All the offerings there were incredible. Did you get a side I from, did not. from there? No, oh, I, think I, we I just I did. I got the fried jalapeno or something. Oh, OK. Gotcha. Whatever the 99 cent jalapeno was. OK, it was that then, I, I believe. Um, and then we went to the a, a, a preview of the the next bay, which is also owned by um, you are here hospitality, right? Yeah, but it's operated by Chris and Emma. So they're, yes, two and they're from places. Eastside Bond Me as well. Yep. Uh, but they've kind of taken over the operations of SS Guy, G A I. Um, and they're opening, I believe, next week, fully a full yeah. open next week. So, yeah. So it's not, not too different. Um, I didn't have much from there. Uh, so, Stuart, I'll, I'll let you kind of talk about what you had from SS Guy. Yeah. So I had the Thai chicken. I got an order of grilled and fried chicken with sticky rice, and it was amazing. It had, like, these little crunchy things on the chicken. The fried chicken was fantastic. It was delicious. I love fried Thai chicken. And then uh, they have this thing called Risky Business, and I don't know exactly what it is. It's, like, those little crunchy things that was on the chicken but mixed with, like, scorpion pepper and all these things. Ooh. And I put that with the sticky rice, and it was, like, spicy. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't overwhelming like hot chicken. And nice. so I actually really enjoyed it. Like, it was a really good spice. And I don't eat scorpion peppers for fun. Yeah, yeah I would. <laughs> Let's be honest. But, but but not. But it's not a habit but, that you do on a regular basis. No, but the scorpion pepper, I know with the party fowl uh, poltergeist, they have scorpion pepper in that. Oh. And that thing kicks my butt every <laughs> single time. This spice did not. Like, it was a perfect blend with the sticky rice and with the chicken. So overall, I'm really excited about these restaurants. Uh, I think the concepts are great. They're, they're such a great addition. They fit in very nicely with the wash. So yep. hats off to Chad and Gracie for um, really, really kind of stylizing the concept of these restaurants for the wash because uh, they, they fit in so well. Um, and then uh, the two Peruvian chefs, uh, they changed, changed names. names. Yep. Um, so they're still there. They're still at the very Tra- end of the wash. Trace. Tigres or something. I don't like remember, that. but yeah. so they're still there. Uh, Soy, Soy Cubano, Cubano, so good. They're still there, um, and then Basics cocktails, uh, and then and then uh, Eastside Pho is still there. Same thing. They're with the uh, Chad and Gracie with you are here hospitality, um, and have amazing Pho there. So uh, great place. Probably one of the best places in the Nashville. Uh, in Nashville is a little hub for eating, especially food international mm-hmm. food. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. 
All right, so today's episode is brought to you by Caffeine, and the best place to get caffeine is from our sponsor, Bless Day Coffee. You can use the code XPLR, that's Explore20, to take 20% off. Aaron, is that what you're drinking this morning? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I woke up this morning. I had to get a new coffee pot because mine almost broke and shattered <laughs> hot glass all over me uh, the other day, and I used that new coffee pot, and I put some Bless Day Coffee into that thing, and it was amazing. Uh, it, nice. woke, it woke me up. I wish I had another cup. That's I, a, that's, I bet that did wake you should, up. I should put that on a T-shirt. Uh, so we have two roasts in partnership with Blessed Day Coffee. You can head over to their website, blessedaycoffee.com, to see these roasts. One is the Tennessee Sunrise Blonde Roast. This is my go-to roast that, That's every what I'm drinking morning. right now. And then the second roast is the Nashboro Espresso Roast. And uh, let me point this up. <laughs> you can um, download a file there. I was downloading the, the Milken <laughs> Report. Um, <laughs> but if you want to double wake me up, there's our faces, and then the caffeine should hopefully wake you up. So there you go. Uh, that's a double wake you up, and you can use the code XPLR20 to get uh, 20% off your checkout now. They also offer free delivery for the Nashville area. There you go. Okay, so, Stuart, we, we teased this yesterday just a little bit, um, and, and I don't know how deep we want to get into this. I'm, I'm curious to hear uh, anybody who wants to, to leave a comment down below about this. Um, we've talked about this with many guests about Music City and their brand, um, and and you know this is kind of a good it's a good check in. If we had the city of Nashville here and it was a therapy session, it's like a good check in. You know, how are you doing with your brand? You know, kind of a good how you doing? Checking in. Um, hey uh, Nashville. Hey Nashville. Like <laughs> slapping on the are back. You slapping Nashville. Hey Nashville. Hope uh, you're doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> Not that this is a this is a hey, hey Nashville. We need you to we need you to open up about how you're doing with your brand. Um, but it's specifically the brand Music City. Um, and, and we talked about this yesterday. Uh, many guests that we've had uh, kind of feel like the Music City brand that Nashville has is kind of the red lights are flashing, right? People are saying, hey, it's, it's on alert um, and something needs to be done before kind of tips over the edge and there's no really going back to what Music City in its traditional sense and what locals know it for and what even, you know, people who have moved here in the last few years know it for. Um, and, and then what can we do if it is in crisis? Uh, what can we do to bring it back? But, you know, we're not going to talk about that just yet. We need to talk about, um, and, and Stuart, if you don't mind kind of giving us a, maybe a little bit of a history lesson, mm -hmm. um, you know, Music City Nashville got its brand as that name, Music City. Um, how do we define what that brand is in the first place before we can recognize if we are going to actually lose that brand? How do we recognize what that brand is? Um, and, and where it came from. And, and that's, I, I feel like we need to start there. Yeah. So where the brand came from, we have to go back in time. Uh, oh yeah. Mid 1800s, maybe even early 1800s. You have these, these, these guys coming from East Tennessee start settling into this area. Uh, Nashville was founded because they had revolutionary land grants, uh, for serving in the, uh, Revolutionary War for the Army of North Carolina. So you had a lot of people that had these grants. Yeah, so we're so back in 1700s. We're back in 1700s now. And a lot of these people back in that time, they would, how would you occupy yourself? They didn't have technology. So, yeah, they, they would work the fields, but then you, you would either go play music or you, you would do something. And so um, in that realm. So that you have to take that step back 
And then in the 1850s, you had a ton of publishing houses opening here in Nashville to start printing sheet music for the different the Methodist Church, for the Assemblies of God, for all these different denominations. And I believe this was not just churches here in Nashville. These were churches, churches across the nation. Across the nation. Uh, at one point, uh, you fast forward a little bit, then you have, you have the Civil War, and then you have the Civil War bands that would travel around. Most of those bands came from this area or East Tennessee. Uh, that would travel with these the the Confederacy or even po- possibly with the Union. There's that story at Stones River, uh, the Battle of Stones River the night before. The bands for the Union and the Confederacy were playing the same exact song in tune before they killed each other the next morning. Yeah, and so like music that, is, just it, it always... is wild. If you if you go to uh, our archives, um, and it's not on the National Daily Podcast website. Yeah. We'll have to put the link in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put the link in the show notes for that episode because that yeah. is that is a pretty cool episode. But it, he, the um, the ranger at Stones River, he talked about how the the bands were playing the same song, and so music has always been this influential thing here. After the Civil War, Nashville became this place of of classical music, of the the classic influence. Uh, that's where you have the name Athens of the South. And then the Fisk Jubilee singers, they were traveling around the country trying to raise money for the Jubilee Hall over at Fisk, and they had an opportunity to perform internationally. And it was rumored that they performed, they did perform for Queen Victoria, but it was rumored that in her diary she wrote, they must come from a music city. And then you fast forward a little bit longer after that, you have the start of the Grand Old Opry, which is the longest running radio show in the world, uh, started in 1925. And uh, it is still running, has not missed a Saturday since. And one of the broadcasters would say live from Music City. He did this for a while, uh, especially in the early parts. And so music has always been influential to the city, primarily with the printing of sheet music. Then you can fast forward into the 1950s. You have uh, studios starting to open here in Nashville. Most of the time, these Grand Ole Opry performers would have to go up to Chicago or New York or head over to L.A. to record. And so they, they didn't want to keep missing these shows or they, they're, they're scheduled, there's conflicts. So a lot of studios were, were coming here. So you have uh, Owen Bradley's studio. You have RCA Studio B, where Elvis Presley uh, recorded almost a third of his library of music. You have all these other yeah, studios. Down here. You have the Quanta Then you have Belmont University that, has, that started off as an all-women's school. And then they had great music. And so music has always been a part of the culture of Nashville. Where the branding really came in for Music City was the early 90s. And in the early 90s, the Nashville Convention Convention and Bureau of Visitor Corps, that huge long name, yeah. uh, they decided, hey, let's brand Nashville as Music City. So this, this push came in the late eight, 1990, uh, 1980s, early 1990s, and they started pushing that brand Music City throughout the world and throughout the radios, throughout the commercials. And then you have the TV show Nashville which would talk about Music City all the time. So it's always been here. This identity has always been here. Yep. So now the question we have to ask, are we losing the branding of Music City? So I think we have to, we have to say uh, what would qualify us for losing it. Does, this, does qualifying losing Music City brand mean a public perception of if, if we're losing a public perception of a Music City? Um, if we were to go in that direction, I would say no. Um, most people don't really understand that music history um, for for here, but there's a lot of places where they can learn it when they uh, when they come and visit here. 
uh, especially our, our tours, exploretours.com. Um, the other thing that we need to ask is, does that mean that a city in decline of its of its residents, historical historic venues um, being either threatened or knocked down? Um, we're seeing and and hearing a lot of people in the music industry just really not happy with the conditions that new artists have. Uh, especially for living um, conditions, not necessarily the conditions like dirty, but uh, housing prices, you know, they can't live in the city because it's too expensive. Um, and, and those are some of the major things that are plaguing the locals. And so I, I think a lot of it may have to do with um, we're not threatened because people don't perceive Nashville as Music City. I think we may be more threatened or the brand may be threatened because if we don't find a way to make sure that Nashville continually um, is, is pumping, pumping money, even like subsidizing is the, really the word for it, but subsidizing the things that make the brand the brand. And if we don't, we're going to be living off the legacy and not really continuing on the things that made Nashville the music city that it is. And and that's a difficult turn to take or, or way to think about it because there are lots of people who don't like subsidies. There's a lot of people who's, who who want to say, you know, if it goes away, it goes away. That's, that's what people chose. That's what happens with a growing city. You know, rents increase, and if artists can't keep up with it, then they're just not doing well. Or they're, you know, they'll drive in or things like So there's a lot of different viewpoints with this. Um, and so a lot of it may come down to whether or not we have to subsidize the arts a little bit here in Nashville in order to keep that brand. Or over time, we'll have a legacy and create a new brand. Yeah, I... I have a, a yes, I I agree with that, but I think I have a little bit of different thought. Nashville is a city that is a gold mine right now, and this is a dreamer city. Dreamers are moving to this city rather than New York or L.A. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, people go to those cities, but yeah. the thing that we hear commonly is, yeah, I moved to New York, it sucked. Now I'm here. Same in with L.A. Yeah, moved to L.A., it sucked. Yep. I'm here in Nashville, and we we have that. In New York City in the early 1900s was a dreamer city. And it's always been a dream. It always have that image of a dreamer city. Right. But Nashville is the true dreamer city right now. And that's why when people make films and, and movies and television shows about that dreamer lifestyle in New York, they don't put the present no. time period in. They do not. It is it is. It is uh, pre seventies. Yep, most of the time. Mm-hmm. So that that is a very interesting so, thing. I just I just thought about is you know that's that was New York City's brand, and they'll always be remembered that way. Yeah, you know. But if they did, the, you know, it did they protect it? I don't know if, enough about New York to to know if if it was protected. It's still home to you know Broadway. It's always going to be known for Broadway. They they protected that really well. Um, and that was part of where the, the dreamers, the, the, the dancing and the Broadway and the singing and all that stuff, you know, that's what New York is really known for. Uh, they've protected that. But if they, you know, have they protected enough as a whole to 
get people really excited about it or is it just the home of, of Broadway and, and that's it? Yeah. And then another thing I look at is what's happening in the pop culture scene. I would say right now more songs are written, being written about Nashville because people are here. They're writing songs about Nashville, about their performances, about their journeys here in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Over New York. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. So, and, and you see that a lot in the country space. But now, like, in, even in, in the, even in the hip-hop space, you're starting to see that people, like, sing about Nashville. Then you have guys like Jelly Roll who are just massive right now. He's going and, on a, uh, um, well, never mind. I don't know if it's public or not, so oh. never mind. But he, <laughs> he, he, he's massive right now, and he's from here. And so, like, you, you, you're having now, like, these these rise of these big artists, just like in, like, the 90s where you had, like, Jay-Z and, and, and some of these other people. Yeah. They're coming from Nashville now. Yeah. These bigger artists have lived in Nashville now. And so I, I, I would say the brand of Music City is still alive, and it's still really well. We have to preserve it um, in the sense of is that is that offering subsidies for affordable housing? Maybe, or do we live in a gig economy where you work multiple gigs to make your dream happen? It's probably both. It's probably it's probably both. I think um, yes. There there is parts of Nashville that's very expensive, but if you know the right people, you can. And if you know the right people, you can get into a place relatively decently priced. And you also have to remember this: Nashville is a ten-year town. It is not. Yes, you have TikTok and you have all these things and you have these artists that have these massive followings and they're they're doing this in a year, but Nashville's still a ten year town. Yeah. And, and and I think the you know, some of the arguments against the the subsidies. Now, I I I'm kind of fifty fifty with the these subsidies. I'm I'm definitely in favor of uh, places that are like where four seasons used to be. Uh, specifically apartments that are built for maybe musicians or artists and things like that uh that are that are there at a lower price maybe the city subsidizes a little bit of that the, um, only, the only subsidy i'm in for, favor for is cheap parking for artists yeah i, I yeah. Uh, yeah i think that's a, that's a, that's a huge thing but also um you know there's there's a lot of things that you know, people really enjoy about the success story of the person who didn't give up, uh, like a Garth Brooks type of story. The person who, uh, you know, slept on their friends' couches uh, because they they moved to Nashville, didn't have a place to stay for three months. Who stayed at a hotel for six months, Keith Urban. Yeah. Uh, the the people who, you know, didn't get, get a subsidy because they... Uh, they didn't get a subsidy and, you know, so they, they spent all their money on studio sessions instead of, you know, working, you know, two jobs and playing gigs, uh, you know, five nights in a row, but then broke out five years later and that hard work persevered. Um, and so I think people might be against subsidies in a little bit so that those people who are actually the most talented end up persevering versus, you know, somebody who, you know, they saved up a little more money. And so they got the better gear, the better studio, the better, uh, vocal coach, the better, whatever, in order to put that, put that album out. Um, so there's, there's, there's both sides to that story, you know, but the, the sad reality is that Nashville has a lot of that, uh, corruption in the music industry anyway, mm -hmm. to where the, the talent doesn't necessarily always prevail. 
talented people are going to go far if they work hard. Yep. Um, but the non-talented have a, uh, or not as talented have a, have a better shot anyway, because of social media image, a lot of that, mm-hmm. uh, music industry. I, I don't know if corruption is the right word. Um, there, there is, know. there is corruption to it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And there's a lot of politics. And if you don't play the political game in the music industry, you may never get signed. Yeah. So is, uh, is Nashville, losing its brand are we going to have a new identity um and you know what 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 can we do to to fix that i don't think nashville is losing its brand music city um 10 15 years from now that it, that there is a potential that we can lose the brand right now i don't see that happening people are coming here in droves for free live music <laughs> and we are that, one that of, is absolutely we correct. are one of the only cities in the country that has the amount of free music that we do not including all of the festivals like musicians corner live on the green we are very music focused and i believe there's a lot of marketing efforts to protect this there's the new year's eve celebration there's fourth of july and guess what fourth of july they bring out the works they have the symphony playing yep. they have all of these artists playing and it, it, it's just an incredible thing and then we have cma fest coming up next week yep. well like we have things in place to protect us yes and i know a lot of people in the music world were like well i can't afford to live in nashville well dixon's a great option yeah like i and I'm not opposed to live that far away. I understand there's that, that, that constraint of, oh, I may have to drive an hour in and to drive an hour out. But if you got to pursue your dreams, you have to figure out a way to pursue your dreams. I mean, people do it. People take the, the train in from freaking Philadelphia to New York every day. Yep. I know, I know guys that would, they would drive from upstate New York, three and a half, four hours away, stay in New York for three days to work in New York City, and then come back. Yep. They did it. Yep. We're not saying it's ideal. Us saying this doesn't mean at, at any means that it's it's ideal. No. Uh, but it's just, it's the reality of, of what's happening right now. Now, I, I, I'm kind of the same. I have the same, a little bit of the same thought as, as you. I don't think that at least to outsiders, Nashville is m- losing its music, music city brand. I think enough locals right now are fed up with a few issues that it's clouding their vision of music city. And so are we losing the brand? No. Are locals upset with what's happening to uh, local musicians? Yes. Is there a very easy solution? Not entirely. There, I think there's a few things that can be done that we've talked about uh, that we've talked about here. Um, my thought is what will Nashville be known as, like you said, in, in 10 to 15 years? Uh, I think we'll still have the Music City brand. Um, but we will be a media mecca. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say probably we will, we will outpace LA and New York. Yeah, in 10 to 15 I, years. I would say that sixty percent of your popular podcasts are produced here yep. in Nashville that you see on social media, mm-hmm. and YouTube. That's only going to get bigger. Um, I, I think you will you, you'll see more television shows produced here, documentaries. I think, I think we'll see more movies, uh, uh, feature film or two yep. by then. Um, and the video game industry is already, already moving here. So the media Mecca will be Nashville in 10 to 15 years. If we continue on this, this pace that we are now, uh, you know, pending something catastrophic doesn't happen, but, but the cool thing, I just want to say something with that. The cool thing with all of those industries, podcasts, video games, movies, television, documentary is they need scores. 
And so Nashville is going to have the opportunity to be able to score all of these incredible pieces of work that come out in the future. Yep. Or it's going to be AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. AI could mess everything yes. up or, or, or make it great. Who knows? Yeah. Um, AI is a tool that can be used for really good success, but it also could be a tool that could cause a lot of people lose their jobs. Yep. That's why you have to be able to uh, adapt with it. So uh, let us know your thoughts in the comments below. We just talked about a lot of things, and uh, that was a good conversation. I, uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think we need to have more of these conversations on certain topics. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are. Also, head over to NashvilleDailyPodcast.com to see the show notes from today's episode. We do have the episode of the Battle of Stones River linked at NashvilleDailyPodcast.com, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. We hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Nashville Daily Podcast. If you want to learn more, head to NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media at Explore.Nash on Instagram, Nashville Daily Podcast on YouTube, and Explore.Nash on YouTube as well. The Nashville Daily Podcast is an Explore LLC production, copyright 2023.